grace is mercy.
difficulties, but God is good. And God is great. And we thank God for who he is. Father, in Jesus' name I pray that this message go forth with power and understanding and that revelation knowledge would take its full course to give his people liberty, freedom. In Jesus' name I pray that the anointing of God rests upon me, not me, but you, God, destroying the yokes because that's what the anointing does. And we come here to destroy yokes in your people. And we magnify you and we give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, it's been a while since I've been here because there were certain things, unwanted situations that came into my life. Unforeseen, but thank God that I'm here. And I want to talk to you about Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. And we thank God for the reading of his word because the word is anointed and the word will stand forever. Heaven, earth, heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word will remain. Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Second verse, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the to the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. And the word today is that a call to freedom. In other words, a call to freedom from bondage, a call to freedom from trying to justify your sins. A call from that. You have been set free. Christ had died on the cross and you have been set free. The word steadfast means firm in purpose. Being attached. In other words, being attached to God's word and being attached to his gracefulness. Being attached for his favor. Unwavering as resolution, faith, adherence firmly established in God's word, rigidly fixed in a place or position. And God can position us to receive his grace on a daily basis. But we have to step away from the law because the law is a debtor to sin. And you are a debtor to sin if you are trying to do the whole law. Christ has become a non-effect no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. And there is a call to freedom so that you will not fall 
from grace. Steadfast. Stand fast. Therefore, in the freedom wherewith Christ hath made us free. And the Amplified it says, it was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery which you once removed. Notice, it is I, Paul, who tells you that if you receive circumcision as a supposed requirement of salvation, Christ will be of no benefit to you, for you will lack the faith in Christ that is necessary for salvation. Once more, I solemnly affirm to every man who receives circumcision as a response, as a supposed requirement of salvation, that he is under obligation and required to keep the whole law. In other words, Christ is no effect because you are required or you are obligated and required to keep the whole law. And being in this flesh, we are not able to keep the whole law. You have been served from, you have been severed, severed from Christ. If you seek to be justified, that is, declare free of guilt, declare free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God through the law. You have fallen from grace for you have lost your grasp on God's unmerited favor and blessings. That's Galatians, the fifth chapter, one through four. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are falling from grace. And in the Amplified it says, in that fourth verse, you have been served severe from Christ. If you seek to be justified, that is, declare free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and place in right standing with God through the law, you have fallen from grace. For you have lost your grasp on God's unmerited favor and blessings. In other words, you're trying to justify your sins through the law. And the law will keep you in debt of that sin or any particular sin or any sin at all. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins that we may be free. So there is a call to freedom. Galatians, the fifth chapter, one through four. And Job, the 11th chapter, 14th verse, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away. 
and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles, for then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shall not fear. Now, if you believe in Christ and you know that he died for your sins and he rose on the third day, ye shall not fear. Why? Because you are steadfast and unmovable, abiding, abiding, being attached to God's grace, being attached to God's grace. And that is what separates us from the law because being attached to God's grace gives us unmerited failure. So what we need to do is not attach ourselves to the law. Job, the 11th chapter, starting at the 14th verse in the Amplified. And it reads, if sin is in your hand, put it far away from you and do not let wrongdoing dwell in your tents. In other words, do not let wrongdoing dwell in your house, in your churches, wherever you may be. Do not let wrongdoing dwell. Then indeed, you could lift up your face to him without moral defect, and you would be firmly established and secure and not fear. Not fear. The reason why you can not fear or you will not fear because of God's grace and because that you are not under the law. Even if you have been circumcised, that makes you lose the faith in Christ. And then that takes you back to the law. Circumcision, uncircumcision. Like I once said about Peter on the housetop when he when the angel showed him different meats that he should eat, and Peter said, not so, Lord, not so, Lord. Now, here's the thing. Peter was talking about the circumcision or not the food that you're supposed to eat, not so, Lord. And Jesus was trying to get Peter to understand that it's not neither Jew nor Gentile. According to the Jewish law, is the circumcision. And the uncircumcision are the Gentiles. So what the angel was trying to let Peter know is that it's not about the food, but the food is a metaphor to let you know that Christ died not only just for the Jews, he died for the Gentiles as well. So Paul is saying the same thing. It's not about the circumcision. If it's about the circumcision, then you are a debt to the law of that circumcision. And you are also in debt to the law that was written before Christ died on the cross. So if you continue to base your life upon the law and try to justify your sins through the law, then Christ has become of no effect unto you. And the Bible says, whosoever, whosoever 
of you are justified by the law, ye are falling from grace. And my text again says that there is a call to freedom. It's a call to freedom. This is a call to freedom. Acts the 11th chapter, 19th verse. And when we talked about Job, Job was explaining to them about being firm, being steadfast, and having no fear. So Acts the 11th chapter, starting at the 19th verse. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phyllis and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Now, back to the Jews only represents the circumcision and back to the people that's non-Jewish represents the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles. So Peter got the revelation of circumcision and uncircumcision after he came down from the housetop and the three men begged for him to come to their house where there was a house full of people which were their family to preach to them because they were uncircumcised. In other words, they were Gentiles. And Peter caught the revelation after he preached and he noticed what the angel was saying to him upon the housetop when he was hungry. He decided to go to the housetop and relax and he fell into a vision and that's when he, the angels ministered to him about circumcision and uncircumcision about the Jews and the Gentiles to let him know that there is no respect of person when it comes to God's grace. Jesus got up, died on the cross for all. He died on the cross for the Jews and the Gentiles. He died on the cross for the circumcision and the circumcision. You have people that will circumcise a child right now in real time because of the law. And they don't understand why they're circumcising their children based on tradition, but in reality, in real time, it's based on the law, the Jewish law, the law that Moses wrote, the law that was in the Old Testament. So people circumcise their young boys because of that law. But there is no more circumcision. There is no more Jew or Gentile. There is all souls are mine according to God when he spoke to Peter on the housetop. So Job 11 chapter speaks with iniquity. If it's in your hand, put it far away and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles or tents or homes or churches. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shall not fear. So you shall not fear because why? Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And it's by grace. And it's by his mercy. It is not by the law. 
the law had you in debt to sin because you cannot count how many sins there are. Died, Christ died for all of the sins and he, did, he condemned the sin in the flesh and he was and is the only Messiah that condemned sin in the flesh. And how did he do it? He upheld the law and took the law down with him when he died. And then when he rose, he left the law and began to redeem man because he had condemned the law in the flesh. So he redeemed man when he became a person that rose from the dead and that we need to believe that he died on the cross for our sins and he rose on the third day according to Romans. Now, actually 11 chapter, now they which were scattered abroad upon persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Penis and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Siren and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that was that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Now here's the thing. Stephen traveled and he preached to only the Jews. In other words, he continued to believe in the circumcision and he didn't preach to the Gentiles. But then you have these other preachers that came and Barnabas was sent and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God he seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord not unto the law but unto the Lord these were Gentiles that were saved but Stephen preached to the Jews and the other preachers preach to the people and they receive salvation. Now here's the thing. You have people in real time sticks and talks about the Ten Commandments and thou shalt not kill and things of that nature but you're trying to justify by the law. And that makes you have 
makes you fallen from grace because you're trying to justify by the law. And it's not by the law anymore. It's about the grace of God, his unmerited favor. And then in the book of Acts, there was a demonstration that went on about the Jews and the Gentiles. And here's the thing. I did a series on the denominations, the great divide. Now, if you look at these denominations, picture them as Jews and Gentiles. Picture certain denominations are under the law or the Jewish descent. Then you picture the other denominations that are Gentiles or that are people that have their own way of thinking and their own way of believing things. So it is a great divide. But Jesus, according to Paul, Paul did not die for us. Apollos did not die for us. It was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one that died and rose again for us that we may be free from the sin of death. So this is a call to freedom. You cannot justify what you're doing and then talk about what somebody else is doing. You can't do that because you are justifying yourself by the law. Your sin is greater or his sin or her sin is greater than your sin. It's not about the greatness of the sin because if you are applying yourself to justify yourself by the law, then you have been debted to sin until you have reason to know and believe by faith that Christ died for your sins. First Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Something I just talked about. The sting of death, Corinthians, the first, first Corinthians, the 15th chapter, starting at the 56th verse. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? Because you are not under the law. Listen to the 56th verse again. The stain of death is sin. And Jesus took away the stain of death. The stain of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. Put that in your Rolodex and mark it. Put a start next to it because you need to notice that the sin of death is sin. The, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. So, 
the more that you try to justify yourself through the law, the more sin is strengthened in your life. Grace is a manifestation of favor to favor or honor. Luke, the 11th chapter, in the 10th verse, but what I want to do is read 1 Corinthians in the Amplified Bible. Just give you a great understanding on what the apostle is trying to convey to God's people. 1 Corinthians. chapter let's try that again 1st Corinthians 15th chapter starting at the 56th verse and it reads in the Amplified the sting of death is sin and the power of sin by which it brings death is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, unmovable, unmovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. So don't feel bad. If you're tired, you're worn out, and the devil's been working on you, remember, it is not wasted. It is never without purpose. So stay in your purpose. Stay in your purpose because the purpose is the salt. And you are the salt of the world. You are on a hill that cannot be hid. Why? Because you are a walking epistle. You are a walking epistle. So fret not yourself. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Fret not. Fear not. Why? Because you know your Redeemer liveth. He lives on the inside of you. And it's not by law unless you have continued yourself to strengthen the sin in the law. Amen. Thank God for his word because Christ has liberated us. This is a call to freedom. A call to freedom. Luke 11 chapter starting in the 10th verse. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asked a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion if he then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children listen the 13th verse listen I need to repeat that again if he then being evil 
know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb, and, at, and it came to pass. When the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. Now, here's the thing. Jesus was giving a parable. At the same time, he was casting out spirits. At the same time, he gave a parable. Now, if you're a father and your son needs some bread, you're going to give him some bread. If your, father, your son wants some fish to eat or some seafood, you're going to give him some fish. You're not going to give him a serpent. Or you're not going to give your son a stone or your daughter a stone to eat when they need bread or an egg. Will he offer him a scorpion? You're gonna no, you're gonna give him bread to eat, you're gonna give him fish to eat, and not only that, you're gonna give him some eggs to eat. Now, you that are evil, listen to what Jesus is saying about the people that are evil. They are not that evil to treat their sons in an evil manner. Why? Because those sons came from their loins and they honor that. So they're going to feed them. They're going to do everything they can for their sons because that is their son. But they are evil to other people but not evil to their sons. So, and he was casting out a devil and it was dumb, and it came to pass. When the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. Now, why wonder when you are looking at the Messiah, the anointed one, and the anointed? And this is in real time, and people are wondering now about miracles, signs, and wonders. Some people don't believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. But the Bible says, according to Jesus, the greater works shall we do. We shall do works. But our works should be greater. So if our works are greater, then in other words, miracles, signs, and wonders are still here. And you have to remember within yourself that you are not of the law, but you are under the grace of the living, anointed Messiah of God. Luke 11, 10 and 14. Romans, the eighth chapter, starting at the first verse, that is a, therefore, now no condemnation. Listen. Romans the 8th chapter starting at the first verse. Romans the 8th chapter. I'm going to read that in the King James Version and also I'm going to read it in the Amplified. 
the King James Version, Romans the 8th chapter, starting at the first verse, there is therefore now, in real time, now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. If you go back to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, starting at the 56th verse, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what? The law could not do, and that is, and that it was weak through the flesh. The law is weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He was the only one that was able to condemn sin in the flesh. His flesh was not weak. Why? Because he was the Messiah. And he is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. That's why he destroyed sin in the flesh. He was the only one that were able to do this. Now, if you read again that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be calmly, counterly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. And not only that is life, is peace. Because the carnal man, the carnal mind, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, listen at these four words in the latter part of verse number seven. Neither indeed can be. Now, when you hear, when Jesus say, you shall be free indeed, this is saying that neither indeed can be. Now, here's the thing. You own a home. You're paying a mortgage. So technically, that home is not yours until you receive the deed. So the sin or the, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. And listen, neither indeed can be. In other words, they can never receive the deed or the debt has been paid in full because they are carnal minded. Now, if you are under the grace and the spiritual mindedness of God, then you can receive. The Bible says you are free indeed. So you can receive the deed. In other words, the debt has been paid off through Christ. 
So your mortgage is being paid off and it is at a zero balance. Why? Because you owe no more debt to that house. You are free in deed. You, you have the deed, so you are free in deed. But if you still have that house and you still have a mortgage on that house and then you keep borrowing equity out of that house, guess what? You still would not have that deed. It says neither indeed can be. Neither indeed can be. So what are you saying, preacher? Jesus paid the price. It's not about the law. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many of you need life and peace? A call to freedom. That's life and peace. A call to freedom. Romans the 8th chapter. I just read in the uh, King James Version. So we're going to read Romans the 8th chapter. And the Amplified. Therefore, there is no, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that is, Overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. In other words, we cannot walk this life without the Spirit of God. We cannot walk this life for what the law cannot do, that is, overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power. Being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. And that's in the Amplified. And that is the third verse. Romans 8 and 3. For what the law cannot do, that is, overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature. Listen, key word. Man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did. See, but man's nature can't do it, but God did it. God did it. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man's as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son so that the righteousness, the righteous and just 
requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by worldliness, in our sinful nature, but live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by His power. Guided by His power. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sins. It pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God. Both now and forever, the mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to the God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. They cannot please God. That was the, the eighth verse. So listen. It's tough and it is rough to try and do God's will without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what makes you alive. It makes you alive. It brings life and peace. So it's not the law. If you're justifying by the law, then you have fallen from grace. And then your freedom is not there. You're not free. You're in bondage. But this is a call to freedom. And then, not only that, you got freedom through Christ to antiquate you. In other words, antiquate means to make absolute old-fashioned or out of date by replacing with something newer or better, which is God's grace. The grace of God being better than the law. Antiquate. Jesus has antiquated us from the old-fashioned things, from the law. He has antiquated us from the absolute of the law. He has antiquated us from bondage. And now we are living in a newer and better situation. The grace of God being better than the law. Romans 8, chapter 19, verse, for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation. Let's, let's go to Romans 8, chapter, because I can hear people now asking about the creature. Who is the creature? Romans, starting at the 19th verse. For even the whole creation, all nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. That's the creation. The creature is the creation. For the earnest expectation of the creation 
manifestation of the sons of God. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration and fertility, not willingly because of some intentional, intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be freed from its bondage to decay or erode and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. The pains of childbirth until now. The 23rd verse. For we know that the whole creation groan and travail in pain together until now. So, what am I saying until now? Christ has died on the cross. He has been lifted up. And the Bible says, if I be lifted, I, I would draw all men. So he has been lifted up he died on the cross and he rose again and he took the stain of death which is sin and he converted it into grace and mercy and not we are not bound by the law no more but if you justify yourself through that law then you have fallen from grace. That's why there is a call to freedom. Call from bondage. Romans 8th chapter 19 through 22, 2 Corinthians, the 3rd chapter, verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil should be taken away. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. But we all, with open face, beholding as a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Isaiah 61 when Jesus was in the temple and he went to Isaiah 61, the first verse, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captive and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, 
which is the root. Jesus is the root. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified and they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up. Now, this is a covenant. They shall raise up former desolation and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations and strongers and strangers shall stand and feed your flock, your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vendressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of Gentiles. In their glory shall ye boast yourselves. For your shame ye shall have double. And for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double everlasting joy shall be unto them. And we are getting double because of the bondage. So there is a call to freedom. John the 8th chapter, starting at the 20th verse, then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I him and that I do nothing of myself but as my father have taught me I speak these things and he that sent me is with me the father have not left me alone and he has not left us alone for I do always those things that please him as he spake these words many believe on him then said Jesus to the Jews to those Jews which believe on him if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answer him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Now see, they went back to the Old Testament. Jesus was letting them know that you are free indeed. And that was a call to freedom. A call to freedom. In other words, if you do not try and justify yourself through the law, then you will not fall from grace. You will be continued in that call to freedom. There's a call to freedom. The freedom is to get you out of bondage, to get you away from the law. And this is what Paul was teaching. We need to get away from the law and let grace rest upon us because we cannot condemn this law in our flesh because our flesh is weak. And Jesus Christ was the only one that condemned sin in the flesh. So there's no more law, but it's grace. It's, it's God's grace. It is the grace of God that we where we are today. Thank you, Father. We magnify you. Thank you for being a liberator. Thank you for freeing us from bondage. 
We are no longer to fear because what man says through that law and try to justify and make you feel guilty when the guilt has been destroyed because of the anointing and the guilt has been destroyed because Jesus died on the cross and he rose the third day. That guilt has been destroyed. You are at a zero balance because of Christ. You are free indeed. The deed has been handed to you. There's no more mortgage. You don't have to pay on that house. You have the deed. There's no more mortgage to that house. But if you justify yourself by the law, then there's neither indeed for you. In other words, there's no freedom. But this is a call to freedom. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And we are free. We are free. God has set us apart because he died on the cross for our sins. And we thank God and we magnify him and we give him the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.